back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire, he takes jams from a particular soundtrack that inspired him. And based on the selections that are played, Hard and I are supposed to gather clues and hence breadcrumbs that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. This one, Coneheads. No sequel. I heard that from my man CB. I saw that from my man CB. No sequel to Coneheads. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. It feels like it happened, but it, I couldn't remember it. Yeah, it. It's one of the things that feels like it would have had a sequel, but you're right, it didn't have one. Yeah. No. And I, I'm sure it did pretty well, actually, because it was kind of a weird, quirky yeah. concept. an interesting case. I think Sinbad's in it. Uh, yes, I think you're right about this. I think this. Sinbad's David yep. Spade. I remember the movie. Michael McKeon. Yeah, because it's a pretty simple plot. I mean... They come down. They got to get acclimated to Earth, and then and they're then, and then they got called up or something back well, to the and planet. Then the, they were supposed to be scouting the planet, yeah, and so they come over. And then there's also David Spade and Michael McKean are trying to find them because they think they're illegal aliens <laughs> that are right, not paying right. like, not paying taxes. And then they realize that they're actual aliens who are paying taxes, though. Yes, because <laughs> they actually yeah. they, they've settled in. But that was their, that was like the line was always France. We come from France. Oh yes, that's great. France, and they made a we little weird noise all the time, right? When it's yeah, like, they made yeah. It, yeah, and they ate a mass. They, they yeah, consumption of mass yeah. quantities. Yes, yes, yes. No, uh, I remember it. I do remember it. All right, uh, Coneheads. That's the featured film for midweek movie music. Okay, let's get to some of the uh, the. Con, the, actually, uh, the articles that I want to get to, uh, Pro Football Focus had a really, I don't know if it's a good one, they had an article out, which actually upset Longhorn fans. And I'm, I, Longhorn fans, I think Pro Football Focus does this on purpose. Oh. We know this from the Desha- Deshaun Jameson, B. John Robinson mix-up, which happened how many times? 20. They, right? Yeah, I mean, Every picture of B. John was Deshaun Jameson. Deshaun Jameson. <laughs> Like, Nobody they, ever got Deshaun <laughs> Jameson's pictures mixed up with B. John no, Robinson. And they, they, they look nothing alike in uniform at, at all. all. It's like, who is doing your graphics? And you messed, they messed it up. Like, hey, I'm with you. It had to be at least five times. No joke. It, yeah, no like, joke. A- easy. It's probably more than that. CB probably kept up with it. And they it got to the point where Lohan fans thought, oh, this is a bit. They yeah. now have committed to the bit. Like BK, so I'm committed yeah. to the bit. Commit to the bit. All right, well, they committed to it. And they started just putting Deshaun Jameson there all the time. They have articles, whole articles, just yep. about Bijan with Deshaun Jameson in there returning a punt. Exactly. It's, it's like, like, what are y'all doing? It ain't even in the right area <laughs> of, of need. It's like, what are like, y'all doing? What are we doing? Um, but yeah, so you know, you could get some of that. But pro football focus, maybe they're listen, maybe they're trolling Longhorn fans again. That could be possible. But they have their pro football focus all uh, pre the preseason all Big Twelve team. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe this, guys. This is the first topic of conversation in relation to this article. They don't have Kelvin Banks on the first team offensive line. Which makes you not even want to believe. It goes back to my point of what I've been saying for a long time. I can't trust pro football focus on everything. <laughs> there are so many things that you sit there and you're like, oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that looks right. That's, oh, okay. That's a hit. But then today – him of all people that's a head scratcher that went against first round picks and gave up no sacks not i mean not on the first he's and he's the, not on the first team he's on the second team that's um, not good enough for me the first team offensive line for pro football focus kingsley suamataya mm-hmm. of BYU Wyatt Milam of West Virginia Cooper Beebe of Kansas State he's a good player um, Doug Nestor of West Virginia and Zach Frazier of West Virginia. They got three West Virginia offensive linemen on here. That's three why I'm sitting there tripping. That's why I'm looking at now, it right now. And I'm they, looking at what the Big 12 had 
for theirs. Um, one, two. Kelvin Banks is and on Co- there. Cooper BB. Cooper BB. Yeah. And Kingsley. Okay. Kingsley was on there. So am I Yeah. Okay. So they didn't have any West Virginia offensive linemen on their team? Zach Frazier. Zach Frazier. Okay. Zach so Frazier was it. So they're telling us West Virginia is going to have the best offensive line in the Big 12. That's so what they're going to say. You know, the one that's going to have their coach fired by halfway through the season. <laughs> that's how good that offensive that's line is. One. Yeah. Now, maybe they didn't want to give Texas too much love because, yes, Texas is uh, represented, very well represented on this first team, gentlemen. Quinn Ewers makes the quarterback yep. uh, first team. Um, they have A.D. Mitchell as a wide receiver makes their first team. Xavier Worthy makes their first team. And, of course, J.T. Sanders makes the first team, which is a little surprising considering, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean he's the best, best tight end in the Big 12, so it's no yeah. question about that. No. Um, but they have A.D. Mitchell is probably the most surprising part of that group I just mentioned. J.T. Sanders, that's understood. Xavier Worthy understood. The Quinn Ewers one, I guess you could debate because Jalen Daniels mm-hmm. actually was the Big 12 pick for quarterback. Uh, their preseason all Big 12 pick. But uh, A.D. Mitchell getting a lot of love. And uh, we'll get to some quotes from Georgia players talking about A.D. Mitchell. They, they're they very complimentary of what kind of player and his, the skill set of A.D. Mitchell. Yeah who is the newest transfer for Texas. Uh, but to continue, just to give you the rest of the team, Devin Neal of Kansas at running back, Richard Reese of Baylor at running back. They got Brendan Presley of Oklahoma State at wide receiver to round it out, and we just gave you the offensive line. So, yeah, to, to Harge's point, you know, Kelvin Banks this past season faced four first-round draft picks that were drafted in this pe- this previous draft. Will Anderson, number three, Tyree Wilson, number seven, Will McDonald, number 15, and Felix Anudike Uzoma at the 31st pick. He allowed zero sacks, only allowed four pressures, and had zero penalties against all four of those players combined. He had his lowest pass-rushing grade via pro football focus against K-State. His he lowest. A, he had a 60 pass block grade against K-State, but he had 80-plus against every other one of those first-round picks I mentioned. 81.9 versus Will Anderson, 83.2 versus Will McDonald, and versus Tyree Wilson, 80.8. He was spectacular for a true, true freshman at left tackle. And think about the names that you just went through. The scoring the grades that he got came from Pro Football Focus, so how is he not in there? Uh, that is correct. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense. Uh, also, and that makes me question their uh, relevancy mm-hmm. when it comes to putting out awards. I, I believe uh, Texas, as a team, had less sex allowed than West Virginia last year. Wow. So to have no Texas <laughs> players and have three West Virginia players seems backwards. And now it's 19 and 20. So West Virginia did Still, not do wet, not, not do poorly, right, right. But to not have any Texas players when they were the number one team at sacks allowed in the Big Twelve last year in nineteen, yeah, seems and especially consider. I know you had Bijan, you had Roshan, so you could run the ball a lot, but you also did have a quarterback that or a coach that likes to call deep passes, mm-hmm. which would lead into more sacks. Yeah, true. I, I, I just it seems like someone should have made it, not three West Virginia players, but we know that they're messing with us. So. Yeah, uh, that, uh, yeah I, I think us. they're trolling them too. Uh, I do. That's a great stat there. A little, nice little nugget there, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I think Longhorn fans don't take offense to it. I think they know that you guys get really active and you can be easily activated <laughs> on social media, especially with stuff like this because of how prideful Longhorn fans are, and they should be. And they know, man, we can, we can you know, improve our numbers, generate more hits, generate more of those, you know, 
different, you know, obviously social media numbers that matter to him, analytics numbers that matter to him, um, if they somehow poke at at Texas. Now, yeah. this is a conspiracy theory as to why Kevin Banks may not be. Maybe their numbers just don't say. Maybe their numbers just say that Kevin Banks is not one of the best five offensive linemen in the Big Twelve. I refuse to believe that, though. Right. There, I mean, impossible. there's no way that you would yeah, believe it because if you go and ask NFL mm-hmm. insiders, they are salivating at him. Waiting, but and they still got to wait two years because he can't come out till his junior year. No. You're so right they that. they they're already looking at him and what he's capable of. So to me, with this whole offensive line. It doesn't seem it, it. It loses a little bit of his credibility when you don't have that player on there. If you take Ad Mitchell off or take somebody else off of there because you didn't want to have Texas on there, yeah, that I many Texas. That. Okay, I get it. We're still waiting for Ad. I know we're going to get to some of the comments, but we're still waiting to see it. I agree. You got to be able to put your man that has the resume that you just read off about his skills. That man earned that right to be on there. I agree with you, actually. A.D. Mitchell, should right. be, uh, he should be sitting on the second team Put him on the second team. Or the third team. If you didn't want Kelvin that many Banks, I'm with you Texas that. Longhorns on there, yeah. Kelvin Banks, there's no way you can look at this and say, oh, yeah, this looks real. This looks like it's going to be. No, Kelvin Banks ain't on there. Uh, here's what Brock Bauer said about A.D. Mitchell, though, since we're talking about A.D. Mitchell a little bit. Um, and this maybe these comments uh, is part of the reason they decided to project him on this uh, first team for the all preseason team for the Big 12, uh, Brock Bowers, who's the best tight end in the country, he said, uh, A.D. Mitchell, he was one of the twitchiest dudes I've ever seen. He could take one step, then be heading the opposite direction at full speed. He's just an impressive player. Ooh. I'm just hoping for the for the best for him at Texas. Uh, the cornerback who uh, also matched up against him at Georgia a, uh, a lot, and he's also mentioned Camp uh, Kamari Lasseter, I think is his name. Um, he was asked about A.D. Mitchell, and he said, I had the luxury of guarding him day in and day out. We went to battle. We battled for two years. He's a really good player, really shifty, really dynamic, really good catch radius overall, just a really good player. I mean, yeah, the expectations are pretty high, and you can tell everybody's mentioning how shifty and twitchy he is. I, as a DB, I can tell you those are the guys that gave me headaches. I hated the yep. guys that were just as quick as they were fast. I'd much rather a a a six four I remember you big body that. wide yeah. receiver um, who even has got a little bit of speed rather than a guy who was really quick and twitchy and just as twitchy or quick as he is fast. Because those guys get in and out of breaks. Their deceleration, acceleration is unbelievable. Yeah. So they get in and out of their breaks really quickly. And, you know, hell, Rod B used to do the same too. But sometimes it's tough to guard those guys on those stop routes or some of the uh, the different inside cuts. So if he's that kind of player, uh, he's going to be giving DBs fits. Mm. Guarantee. And I hear he's already doing that in practice anyway. Yeah. That, oh, you? Yeah, I heard that, the same yeah, thing. That he's been doing. That he's a problem. Yep. He's going to be a problem. That's why it was so funny to me when he played in the spring game and he was wearing that green jack, I mean that green jersey, mm-hmm. but he was still out there making plays like it was nothing. That snag across the middle. He I watched the spring game again the other day. He ran an out, slipped, fell down and still caught the ball while he was laying on the ground. Mm. I was like, yeah. Yeah, this dude's a little different. He, yeah. I could put him on the first team, I guess. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they are they're anticipating he's going to have a big year in the Sark offense. And I will yep. say that 
and uh, there's going to be defenses who are going to be up n- late nights trying to figure out how to defend the Texas passing game. They just present you with a mathematical equation you cannot solve. You can't double-team all those weapons. How are you going to double-team X-Men, J.T. Sanders, mm-hmm. A.D. Mitchell? Then you got Jay Witt that can search you in the slot as well. And we even talked about Isaiah Nayor and Jonathan right. Cook. So many players are going to be in one-on-one situations, or your running game will be able to assert itself against a light box because they'll have two deep safeties all the time yep. trying to defend your really lethal passing game. So I, that's why expectations are really high for the Texas offense, as well they should be. I mean, you got four. Say, yeah, you got four players on just the skill positions on this preseason All Big Twelve team from Pro Football Focus, and they bring back all the offensive linemen from last season. All of yep. them. That's that's the thing that All drives you even more crazy that's when true. you look at it. That's a good point. <laughs> they <they're, laughs> they have <laughs> all their offensive linemen back. And what do we say? It was 11 or 10 out of 11 starters are returning yes. to this team. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they didn't yeah, they didn't show much love for the Texas offensive line. Now, Kelvin Banks didn't make the second team, mm-hmm. and I believe Christian Jones made their third team offensive line for yep. Texas. So there was some love there. Defense, first team uh, preseason All-Big 12 team via Pro Football Focus. Dante Corleone from Cincinnati. Jalen Hutchings uh, from Texas Tech. Oh, another one. Uh, Texas Tech's got two really good interior yeah. linemen, actually. Two yep. really good ones. Ed, uh, Edge Colin Oliver from Oklahoma State. Edge Nelson uh, Caesar of mm-hmm. Houston. Uh, Jalen Ford, of course, uh, the linebacker from Texas. Jason Johnson, UCF linebacker. Josh Newton, TCU cornerback. Uh, cornerback TJ Tampa from Iowa State. Um, safeties are R.B. Burks from West Virginia. Jaron Thompson, shout out, makes it from Texas. And Jade Barron is the flex, which uh, I can see that. as yep. a flex. He can go play corner yep. or play nickel or whatever they mean to play. I'm glad Jade Barron got some love. He didn't know Texas DB actually made the media's preseason nope. All-Big 12 team. And I think the Texas DBs actually are going to be a strength this year for Texas. We asked uh, we asked uh, my man Xavier Worthy when we had him on, um, who, what DB at practice, who was giving him the most trouble, the most grief at practice. He did give respect to Jaday Barron, but said, I don't face him a lot in practice because he's in the slot, I'm on the outside. He said Terrence Brooks. Yep. If Terrence Brooks is adequate, and can and, and and won't be a liability at that field corner spot. This secondary could be really good this year because they got three safeties they trust as starters with Jalen Catalan now coming in NFL safety, Jaron Thompson the elder statesman, and they love them some Keaton Crawford. Uh, we know Ryan Watts the boundary. Hards love some Ryan Watts. Yep. He proved himself. He's a pretty uh, stable uh, defender there. And you got Jade Barron and Jade Barron is special, guys. He's special. Um, I've been watching more and more tape on him. The stat I always give, which is a crazy stat, he had 11 and a half tackles for loss this year, which led the what, Longhorns. Which probably led everybody it, <laughs> for defensive actually, back. Actually, no, you, uh, you're, not, you're not off there. Matt Butler looked this up, and I believe he's top five nationally yeah. uh, uh, in terms of DBs. Because that's a ridiculous number for a defensive it, back it to have a, a tackle for a loss. Um, and he's, he, led the t- he led the Longhorns. But I think you're right. I, if go, go listen to Longhorn Blitz, guys, because Matt Butler actually did the deep dive and found the numbers nationally, and mm-hmm. I believe he brings them up on the Blitz. But I digress. Speaking of, I went. I, I I was curious, hard. So I went back diving into the Texas stat uh, books and statistical records, historical records, and went back as far as I could go. It gets really shaky, like pre nineteen sixty. Yeah, it's like it's all kind of a mangled mess. Um, but I could not find 
a Texas defensive back that has ever led the team in tackles for loss prior to Jade Berry. That's unbelievable. I cannot find one. So I'm not saying it didn't exist, but it, it definitely is pre-1960 is when it happened. And there are not a lot of records of it. Right. So, and I doubt it happened. And it could have, you know, maybe. But that's probably a different era of football they're playing back then, too. Um, so in the most modern era of football, in the you know, you're talking about that's since the part 1960, we, yeah. last 60-something years, we have not seen a Texas DB lead the team in Texas loss. And add even more to that, the last time a Texas DB had at least 11 and a half tackles for loss, you got to go back to 1978. Who right? was it? Ricky Churchman. He's mm. a good player, actually. Um, yeah, and double-digit tax loss is rare. I think that's happened six times at Texas. Uh, Huff Daddy did it twice. I was going to say. Huff Daddy, yeah, Huff Daddy. He did a freak. lot of things twice. Yeah, Huff Daddy's in his, he's, a, he's otherworldly. But, he's um, in his bag. Yeah, but Jaday Barron's showing you how special it is. Very, it's, it's rare for DBs to be that physical and that much of sure tacklers at the line of scrimmage, and Jaday Barron is that guy. So that's why high expectations for the uh, Texas defense. All right, uh, just continuing, just real quick, the Longhorns that made it. We won't go through all of the players on the other list. Uh, Texas kickers and punter made it. Burt Auburn mm-hmm. and Ryan Sanborn both made the first team. Sanborn, how you already on there and you ain't even punted yet? Hey. It's a preseason, that's why. Yeah, you right got it going. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They let point. you get it. Um, and I will say that Texas has had, if you look at all three phases of the game, Texas special teams has easily been the most consistent in the first two years for Sark. Yep. And it's been one of the best special teams units in the country. Yeah, Jeff Banks was a good hire. Great hire. <laughs> Great yeah. hire. And that Chip was, Brown was is saying solid, basically, solid, solid. Yeah, Chip Brown is basically saying if not for, you know, Monkey Gate where the monkey stuff happens, all that stuff, that yep. he, you know, he might have gotten more serious consideration to be a head coach. Um, if that didn't happen, God bless that monkey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hate to, yeah, but he'll get another shot because he's a damn good coach. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big and great recruiter. Well, look at his wife. No, ding, not, ding. I, no, I, no, I, no, I, no. What, what did Max say? No, no. What did Max say? I'm not saying it to be insensitive, but Max no. used to always tell us he was like, I don't have coaches on my staff with ugly wives because that means they can't recruit. Yep. And he it was, he's, he was, he he didn't actually joke about it. He, he was laugh a little bit, but I think he was serious. Um, but he's like, no, you ain't, basically you ain't got no game. And right. to recruit, you need game. And if I look at your wife, you can be ugly. It's fine. There's lots of ugly dudes out here walking around with pretty wives. That's the game. Ding ding. Exactly right. Yeah. Hey, you can talk about me being ugly all you want. My wife is looking good looking. <laughs> hey, so it's all good. I'm and good. That means you can recruit. Yep. So Jeff Bates can recruit. Oh, yeah, he can. He can. Yeah, he can recruit. Good recruiter. Uh, yeah, he can. So, uh, Texas second team. So, our second team players from Texas on the Pro Football Focus All Big Twelve uh, preseason uh, All Big Twelve team. Jordan Whittington makes it for Texas. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Banks makes the second team. We talked about that already. Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, both D line interior D linemen, make the second team. Um, and that's all for the second team. Man, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and Ryan Watts. Oh, did I miss Ryan Watts? Yeah, Ryan Watts. Oh, yeah, is Ryan on there Watts too. as well. Yeah. And um, former Texas Longhorn Jared Wiley is also on the second team for TCU. Uh, yeah, Jared Wiley. Uh, he, you know what? He went to a program that wanted to utilize tight ends better because for some reason Texas stockpiled tight ends but wouldn't use them enough. Right. Now they have JT Sanders, so yeah. you have a, a transcendent player at the tight end position. But I digress. Getting back to the third team here, Jonathan Brooks makes it. So they got faith mm. that Jonathan Brooks will have a good year. Will he be makes the, the one. third team. We hope so. Uh, yep. Christian Jones uh, makes their third team. 
as well. And uh, for Texas, oh, Jalen Catalan yep. makes it as the flex. And Xavier Worthy as, as a, a return specialist. Yes, he's as a return specialist there. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, uh, I you know I think they did. Uh, if the anybody only thing I'm was mad left about, off, oh, the the only, that's the only thing I would yes. say. Uh, no, anybody else should have made any of the teams that they left off that no. you think should have made it. No, I'm good with my man Ryan Watts being on there, being on the second team. He was somebody that I've always been a big fan of. Thought he was going to play well. He did, so I was really excited about that. I'm glad about Byron Murphy. I thought Byron Murphy, he might have been somebody that could have been on the first team. He was on the first team for Big 12. Big 12, yeah. Yeah, so that might have been something. But, again, they probably went to the fact, oh, my gosh, we're going to have four Texas players on the first team on football, on the uh, well, on offense and defense, yeah, let me try to figure it out. It's supposed to be that year for Texas. Thank you. It's supposed to be that type of year. So Jay, put them all on there. Uh, and Jay Witt, listen, Jay, guys like Jay Witt, because certain guys, penalized. certain guys, exactly, certain guys aren't going to be a surprise. They're not going to creep up on defensive coordinators this year. Everybody mm-hmm. knows Mike Xavier Worthy, knows he's one of the best receivers in the country. Everybody knows JT Sanders, one of the best tight ends in the country. When you have to pick your poison as a defensive coordinator, and you have to decide what to take away because you can't take away everything, all right, all at once. I feel like that movie title. Mm-hmm. Every, <laughs> right? Is it everything, everywhere, all at once? <laughs> that uh, does. <laughs> basically, if you are a defensive coordinator, you're trying to, you can't take away everything, everywhere, all at once. Right. You can't do it. You got to pick and choose down to down what I'm going to take away and what I am going to kind of roll the dice on and hope my guy can win their battle uh, against them one on one. And most co- defense coordinators will choose to double X-Man and double JT Sanders. I'm not going to let those guys beat me because like, they're proving commodities, which means guys like Jay Witt and A.D. Mitchell um, and, hell, uh, Isaiah Nayor, guys like that, when they get their chance out there, they're going to be going up against one-on-one coverage probably 90% of the time. Yeah, there's no 95% yeah. of the time. You're not going to double. You got a chance to double. You, got, you can only double two guys out there yep. mathematically. You ain't going to choose Jay Witt. Nothing against Jay Witt. You ain't going to choose Jay Witt. You're not choosing Isaiah Nayor. You're not choosing A.D. Mitchell. You're going to choose Xavier Worthy because you know Sark's obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to choose J.T. Sanders because he's one of the best tight ends in the country. And Xavier Worthy's one of the best wide receivers in the country. Those guys are going to see a ton of one-on-one coverage. So a guy like Jay Witt, big season for him to eat. i got a little stat for you about Jay Witt. And this is why you we, know that excites me. Right? We need to see. I know because I know, you know you're a big Jay Witt guy. You picked Jay Witt me. to be your player of the game a yep. lot last last season, yep. and it should have been. Should have been. It should have been because he seen a lot of one on one coverage, and he didn't uh, have and he didn't have a broken hand. He didn't. Have a broken <laughs> hand. If you're Jay Witt, your feelings have to be hurt <laughs> when they kept throwing the ball to Xavier Worthy. You're like, Coach, he only got one hand. <laughs> they, the defense don't know it, but I know he only got one hand. Right. I got two good hands. <laughs> I'm healthy for the first time in my college career. Throw me the ball. Yeah. How about this little nugget for uh, Jay Witt? Average on screen passes last year, yards after catch per reception, leaders on screen passes, 13 yards. Mm-mm-mm. He was lethal on those screen That's passes. What I'm saying. You didn't throw him enough. Yeah, thank you. you throw Another him one of those missed opportunities. Yeah, like I said, Sark sometimes is too much of a moderate. Be an extremist. Be an extremist. You got something like that that's working, especially when he's going to get one-on-one coverage a lot. All he's got to do is break a tackle, and he's a running back once the ball's in his hands. Mm-hmm. Got to break one tackle. That's it. He's, he's definitely that good, that yeah. guy. Uh, I will say this. I do expect West Virginia to save a lot of money on the quarterback's clothes-washing unit. 
because apparently that dude ain't getting touched this year. <laughs> right. 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 I've seen, according to PFF, <laughs> they ain't going to have to wash that jersey all season. <laughs> they got staying new, clean. Who's, they got a new quarterback, right? They got one every – isn't a new guy? They got another one, don't they? Uh, yes. I forget I, his name. I forget his name, too. I'll, yeah, that's I'll a West Virginia. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. You're Neil Brown. You care, but uh, no, I don't I know don't. if you're no, Neil kidding. Brown really he cares. Does. Uh, okay, we come back. We'll get into uh, some other. Well, we got this tech uh, story out there we got to get into. The tech AD talking a little trash. Also, it came up in SEC Media Days. Uh-huh. Horns down. I know. Why? It came up again. Somebody Why? asked about it. They wanted to know how the SEC feel about horns down. Uh, we can address that, too. We'll talk about that coming up on the other side. Uh, throw in some other uh, topics, foot, Longhorn football-related topics on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Another Horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to uh, Rod's rant of the day. But welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, several different items that I want to get into. Um, hopefully we got enough time to cram them all in. So one of the first items we have to talk about is the Texas Tech um, athletic director who is taking shots. I mean, this is, these are not subtle shots either. He's just taking shots at Texas straight up. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And so uh, Kirby Holcutt is the athletic director at Texas Tech, and he claims, this is, I don't know where he's getting this from, but he's been, say, he's been saying this for a while. I believe th- this is something he has stated before, uh, but their AD, uh, Kirby Holcutt, and I think he was, it does say in jest, he was kind of joking. Um, he did say that uh, when talking about Chris Del Conte and whether they would still play teams in the state of Texas uh, while they, when they go to the SEC, he said, quote, he's still scared. Nothing has changed over the course of the year. Ball's in their court. We welcome a chance to play them. There was a response. I don't know if this response by CDC was directly in a retort to what Kirby Holcutt was talking about. Uh, But basically, he did point out that he's willing to play anybody, anytime. Um, CDC essentially said that uh, he is not scared to play the teams from Texas and did say that they're going to try their best because they don't necessarily control all the scheduling right now because the SEC may end up changing up their scheduling. We know that. The SEC could end up adding a, you know, a game, and we know that. Um, if that is the case, then maybe Texas will have less options. But he did say, we'll play them all. Talking about the Texas schools. We'll play them all as long as they fit in our schedule and we have an opening. We will try and play every Texas school. So I wonder if they'll go like a Texas tour where you, know, you just play – play one and then you play the other and just kind of make your way through, I don't know, seven, eight schools that you agree to play, or maybe more than that, and then you kind of rotate through the Texas schools. But are you doing or at least home the and ones, away? The ones you like. But I'm just about to say. The ones you yeah. like. Not everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. We ain't giving everybody. We're just talking about the yeah, ones you're not playing North Texas. Yeah, like or, or you are just going to play North Texas. Or maybe. <laughs> you might have to. 
But you playing UTSA like that? You know UTSA. And I'm not taking a slight at North Texas. They're gonna be all right. Yeah, UTSA is dangerous though. You got to play UTSA is definitely scary. That's a scary one. Yeah, because they Jeff Trailer's a hell of a coach. As long as they have Jeff Trailer there, they're scary. You should be nervous. And Frank Harris. Yeah, he still might come back. He might come. Oh my goodness. That man got AARP over there. He's been there so long. But I I like that he's gonna. I think he's gonna pick on a group of five or six schools in Texas and maybe try to have a little rotation of those schools. Not gonna play the same ones all the time, but it does help to just, you know, keep those relationships yeah. in the state of Texas. You are the market university in the state. Uh does does A and M play a lot of schools in the state now that they go to the SEC? I don't keep it I don't keep up with A and M schedules. I'm not I'm not asking that in trying to, yeah, trying mock, to be funny. mock them or yeah. put fun at them. I don't know. Because I don't know if they do or not. They play a lot of schools in the state of Texas, like FBS programs. Yes, they do play those people. Well, not, FBSs. Not, they do they. Well, I know. Well, well FBS programs. You know, Let me see. Do they, I know they play lower levels sometimes too. But I'm talking about like, do they play some of the upper echelon FBS programs in I'm, the state of Texas? I'm about to find out for you. Okay. Because right. I, I definitely want to look at that as well. And because see CDC exactly. saying we're gonna do it, and CDC said now we're gonna try to play as many of them as we can. So we'll try to play every Texas school. I don't know if every Texas school is what he meant. Well, but I mean, it makes sense, though, if you're playing TCU or you're playing – Yeah. Uh, I mean, recruiting. But, well, not only recruiting, but it's recruiting. like, look, we get to play a non-conference school that's, you know, a drive that yeah. we're not having to go play a non-conference. Like, you know, we and it's a decent non-conference game, but we're not having to go play – you know, we don't – not every year have to do a Michigan or – Someone like that, where you're like, well, we got to go a long way, and it is a big deal, and it's a big game, and they're fun to have. But let's do those not every single year. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, play, yeah, you yeah. know, do that, and then do a home and away with a Texas team, UTSA and then do go Notre yeah. Dame, and then home yeah, it's and away. Probably more for the fans than anything. Like it's the fans who can't go yeah, to yeah. the you know the USC game or the Michigan game. You can't go to that big one. It's like, hey, I can't go to that one, but I can go to they play TCU or yeah. Tech, yeah, or you know Baylor. SM, SMU Baylor. I can get to that one. And maybe it is more for the fans than it's because for recruiting. I mean, that's why you're going to the SEC. That'll improve your profile recruiting wise. And you're the marquee university in the state of Texas. You should be able to recruit any place in the state of Texas. Well, they so so Texas A&M 2021. They played one school that was uh, PV. Oh, Preview. Yeah. There you go. They played the fam, Sam though. Houston. Isn't that like a is that is that a sister school for them? I think it is. I think it I is. Think it is. is it in their, in their family? Um yeah. they played Sam Houston at the beginning of the year. So they're playing in twenty twenty two. So no upper level though at no. upper echelon FBS no. program. And then the this state. year they play Abilene Christian. Okay. So no upper echelon. No. At all. My man Sean Adams would Right, he that would lo- he would love that opportunity. <laughs> he would love that opportunity <laughs> to get beat down <laughs> and take that pay. Then take that pay. And take that straight cash. That's home. right. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, Kirby Hoka talking a little trash. I'm sure it wasn't in, in good fun, but I think he would like to keep playing Texas too because they like that little rivalry that they're trying to build. It Texas doesn't see it as a rival, but. Texas Tech does. Oh, for sure. Texas Tech definitely. They, they see, think they everybody's see their rival. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they got everybody's rival. I know KK. Nah. I see you out there, Keller. <laughs> I know you over there trying to figure out what I'm talking about. All right. So uh, here's a – this comes from Brett McMurphy. So John McDade, SEC's coordinator of officials, was asked about the horns down penalty, guys. And uh, when Texas goes to the SEC, he said, quote, unsportsmanlike conduct needs to fit one of three categories. Is it taunting an opponent? Is it making a travesty of the game? Is it otherwise compromising our ability to manage the game? There's a difference between a player giving a signal directly in face of an opponent 
as opposed to doing it with teammates celebrating after a touchdown or on the sideline. To net all that out, every single occurrence is not an act of unsportsmanlike conduct. McDade said the same applies to players who display the gator chump. And the uh-huh. land shark stuff that they have. They got that in the SEC already. Okay. So there you go. So, and, and we know that already. I will say, just, you know, I hate to bring this up, but um, mm-hmm. if that is the case, and that is definitely not the the rule for horns down as it relates to taunting in every conference and in every situation, because my I was actually taunted. I was actually no, I wasn't taunted. I was flagged. I was like, what? I was flagged for taunting. So I went. I wasn't okay. taunting. I wasn't. I was flagged for taunting, but I wasn't taunting. Okay. In two thousand two, yeah, I was flagged for flashing the hook'em horns on the road at Tulane in the Superdome. There was a group of Longhorn fans there. Your boy gets a nice PBU. Matter of fact, I had consecutive PBUs. I had two. Oh. I had back to backs. Back to backs. He was like Drake, like that. Oh. Back to backs. I, I had back to backs, so I was feeling myself, and I threw the horns up to the crowd, like, "Hey, Robbie, I hear balling. Y'all recognize it? They got crunk." <laughs> and the ref threw a flag on your boy. Got penalized for the horns up. What did he? What did? He, what, I mean, what does that say? But I mean, was taunting. when you pulled him to the side, it was our sideline too. It was weird. It was crazy. Right. Even, even Matt Bradshaw was like, ah, right, that was unfair. unfair <laughs> you. You're just trying to show your love to the Longhorn fans. We appreciate um, you. Yes. I, yeah. I remember it all. So it was back. Robbie was balling. Like I said, balling out of control. Had some nice PBUs. And then they hit your boy with the flag. I will say this a flag for horns up or horns down is equally imbecilic and stupid. Yeah. All right, let them do the horns down. I've said it for years. The horns down is not an insult. All right, on the contrary, it's one of the greatest compliments in pro sports because it's essentially the college football's version of the middle finger. You only got to play Texas to throw the horns down. I every time I see it, I love it. Means yeah. you're you're living rent free in some fan bases' uh, mind right now in their head, and that's a good thing. And it is the arguably. It's the most effective form of free media in college football right now. Because when the everybody down, talking about it, everybody know what you're doing. Yep. Everybody knows who they're referencing. Yep. Everybody know. And if they don't, they get expl- the little kid gets the explanation. Oh, that's for the Longhorns because we hate them and they suck. And then they, they, whatever, they they're still talking about the Longhorns. It's a beautiful yep. thing. And that the power of free media and the Longhorns get more free media than any other college football program arguably in the country now, I remember I was a fan of Game of Thrones um, and maybe you were maybe you weren't in the last season they actually had a, uh, a situation where one of the cast members left us a, a, a coffee cup like a modern day coffee cup <laughs> in one of the scenes and for some reason they didn't take it out yep. they just missed it and it ended up making its way into the episode it got so much discussion so much free media that the uh, the analysts uh, in marketing, said that they that Starbucks, because Starbucks is the biggest coffee brand in America, even though it wasn't a Starbucks cup, they got $2.3 billion in free marketing and free media just because everybody was talking about coffee and yep. therefore talking about Starbucks. So when somebody starts talking about the horns down, they're going to start talking about the longhorns because it's free media. Donald Trump won the election, arguably because of free media, because he dominated mm-hmm. the media cycle and spent less than Hillary Clinton, but ended up winning because, hey, man. He stayed at the top of mind for everybody for a long, long time. And Texas is doing that, too, with the horns down. So don't be bad. Don't be mad about it. And matter of fact, they should never penalize any team for the horns down. If they're doing horns down, that means if we're bothered by it, that means we're losing. Yeah. If they're doing horns down and Texas winning, then they're losers. 
<laughs> yeah. hey, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, if they're doing horns down and we're winning, they're the losers. Yep. But if they're doing horns down and we're upset about it, we're the losers because we're losing. And we shouldn't be losing. Yep. There you go. I like it. That's it in a nutshell. Like All right, uh, there you go. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, some off the record on the other side like right it. here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. The Idillionaire, Patrick Davis. Uh, this is a midweek movie music edition. This is when he plays songs from a particular soundtrack that might have inspired him for one reason or another. And based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music in today's film, Coneheads. Very fun loving movie, Coneheads. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Who was the, uh, say, say Dave, was it David Spade? David Spade in that Jane Curtin. You said Sinbad was in it too. I Isn't do remember it, yeah. Sinbad yeah. in a row. I can't remember exactly. Was he a neighbor? I think was he, he was. I neighbor? think it was when he co-worker? was working, like a co-worker. Co-worker, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Jane Curtin also in it. People, yeah, Sinbad was funny back in his day, man. Sinbad was genuinely funny. Yeah. I was genuinely a Sinbad fan back in the day. Sinbad was it was actually pretty damn funny. Some of his stand-up actually was pretty damn good too. Uh, all right, so uh, thanks to my man Patrick. Musically themed days of the week, and we love them all. Um, okay. Let's get to a little off the record here. We don't have a ton of off the record. We don't have a ton of off the record time. So I'll just make this quick. So, guys, we know that Hard Knocks is going to be on, uh, going to be focused on the Jets, the J-E-T-S Jets this year. That's been confirmed from both sides, the Jets and HBO. Now the Jets are claiming, and this is from Adam Schefter, that the Jets won't give access to the to Hard Knocks during the cuts, when they do the roster cuts, the Jets say that it is in, it's not humane that allowing cameras in the room when players are being cut. Come on, man. That's what they're claiming. I'm not So they cut the cut? <laughs> they cut the cut. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to be given the same access, and it's going to be, they're not going to be given the access to the, the cut, the I, roster I cut. I really thought that that was going to be where the Jets put them. I really thought they were going to be like, "Hey, man, just follow these scrubs." No, we don't. Don't talk to any of our players. Talk to the guys that ain't making the team, and mm. be over there because we don't want. We didn't want you here anyway. But I guess they don't want to do that now. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's part. That's part of the on the emotional element of the show that makes it so intriguing. That pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. You get to know the players, and then yeah. you, you get to know he has a family, and he's got a. He he's just not an episode five now. Yeah, exactly. And now you're like, yeah, exactly. That just goes away. It's like, what the hell? Um, so I, I'm with you. I think that's a bad move by the Jets. And, yeah, the Jets, they, they, they're unwilling participants in this thing. So they're going to come kicking and dragging. It may not be. I said it would be the most watched hard knocks ever if they are going to, you know, be micromanaging HBO every step of the way. It won't be that then. That, yep. I can say right now it won't be that because they need access. And the cuts, the roster cuts, that's part of the big emotional you know, crescendo and build up is like, oh, is that guy gonna make the team? Oh, he, he's not gonna make the team. Oh, can mm-hmm. we get? Can we just get Aaron Rodgers' uh, daily routine? <laughs> Micro dosing? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> just him being like taking, you know, taking whatever he's taking, brushing his teeth with 
God knows what. Charcoal or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know, something weird. <laughs> just, and then just like doing this weird seance thing, I bet. And, you know, like I, I bet he has some like oh, things man. that he's just like, what? What are you looking at? And you're like, you're standing on your head. <laughs> you're weird. No, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will give him that access either. Because oh. he would have to give him like, hey, y'all can come to my house. Yeah, watch no. me wake up. He don't, watch no, me go he's going to be like, you can't. I don't want y'all to know where I live. Yeah, he's right. going to be one of those guys. I agree. So maybe this is not going to be as good as I thought because the Jets, they're not going to be open to the opportunity. Come I on, think, Goodell. Go get them. I agree. Goodell just stepping in and go, guys, HBO gets this much access. Yeah. There are certain things yeah. that you hey, dude, have to allow. Everybody Jets. else has gone through this. Yeah. You've seen what hey, it was about. Exactly. I, I, I know I know you think you want to win this year. You're the Jets. You're going to suck. We all know it. <laughs> it doesn't work. We've, yeah. we've read this story. It's like watching Titanic. We knew what was going to happen at the end, man. You're the Jets. At least let us have fun at the beginning of the season. Oh, man. Watching Titanic, though? I guess you, you, you weren't sure if Rose and uh, was, was Jack, if both of them were going to die, and you found out just no, you Jack died. You so. went into the movie, and you said, I don't know what this movie's about, but I bet the boat sinks in the end. And you bet and a lot of people that die. is the Jets' season most of the time. Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers better hope he's Rose. And he's got <laughs> a, a door to float on. Or what is uh, it? He's Billy door? Zane. We all know he's Billy Zane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's way too selfish, so he definitely would have pushed Jack away. Aaron yeah. Rodgers would have like, this is my damn raft here. Get your mm-hmm. own. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into some NFL news notes and nuggets. Saquon Barkley speaking out about his um, disdain for the current negotiations. He is not happy about the running back market right now. A lot of people claim it's broken. Dak Prescott was misquoted. Zach Martin may be holding out for some straight cash, homie. And I did some research, guys. I am not ready to say that running back is the most undervalued position in football anymore. I think mm-hmm. I got another winner, y'all. We'll talk about that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Light.